Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, the podcast where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, a.k.a. Case. And we are here today with our other host, Patrick Mellon, a.k.a. Peanut, a.k.a. Peen. How are you, Patrick? <laughs> I'm okay. Um, hmm, just okay. Just okay. You know, I've, we've ref- we've talked about on other episodes, um, I struggle with my weight, as you pointed out when we were at Matt's in Minneapolis. You were human. Yes. And I, you were so disturbed that I ordered an extra large. No, sure. I wasn't disturbed that you ordered an extra large. I just there was a reaction. There was a reaction, and then a very strong reaction from you. (laughs) So I've been, which I feel like brought attention upon us. (laughs) If you had just been like, "Yeah, I do," I don't think people would have turned their heads. But I think after you screamed at me, a few patrons turned their heads. (laughs) Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. So no. So um, I've been trying to run a little bit more. And oh, uh, good. That's good. Yeah, and it's I I ran um. Six and a half miles on Sunday. It was nice. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, but now I'm really struggling with, with shin splints. And they hurt. Oh, those are tough. Yeah. Um, I ran cross country in high school. I remember having problems with that. You did? All four years? No, just one year. Which year? Sophomore year. I couldn't hack it, huh? I, that's not why I quit. <laughs> I was on varsity. Why'd you quit? I wanted to do theater, Patrick. Mm, you couldn't do I both? little theater boy no you couldn't really hmm. it was really hard for me back then with like like because sometimes you'd have to be like oh i can't go to this practice to try out for a play or vice versa and that was very hard for me to like tell people that i had to you know like mm. kind of you know what i'm saying kind of make my own way and like do i i just i didn't like that it was too messy like saying no in a way saying no or like telling someone that there's a problem like actually i can't be at this practice Mm. you know there or like can we work something out where i go to some practices and go to you know some kids did that but that was just too difficult for me yeah to emotionally navigate and i didn't want anyone to be mad at me you know this is um we're still in the banter phase of this episode but that that um reminds me of some of the stuff that the protagonist and the film we're going to discuss uh it's kind of grappling with i have some thoughts about theater as well which um so yeah i'm I'm doing okay dealing with the shin splints how are you i'm sorry doing good um yeah i feel like i'm uh getting calmer now work was stressing me out for a while maybe it's not interesting to talk about work but uh, it was stressing me out a that's little okay bit. people want to know how you are or at least i do yeah 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 well patrick there is so much to talk about today that my brain is just melting out of my ears uh <laughs> because today we're talking about our newest film the newest film we've ever discussed on the show mm-hmm. but it had to be discussed it's i'm thinking of ending things by charlie kaufman um, we're going to be discussing that today. We're going to subject it to our proprietary fartsy test just to determine how impenetrable and artsy fartsy this movie is. Patrick will give us a drink pairing. Curious to hear what that is. What that? What you'd want to drink while watching this movie? <laughs> Forewarning, and, uh, it's, it's not a very interesting one this week. No, it's not. Sorry. Mm, okay. <laughs> Basically, well, telling people to stop listening right now if that's why you were listening for the drink pairing. Mm, uh, then we'll give each other notes to try to improve the episode. Um, but Patrick, so I'm thinking of ending things famously released on Netflix just like a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. 
So you can't own this movie on DVD. No, no physical copies as of yet. So I don't own it. And I but have I wanted not to ask it. you, do you own any other Charlie Kaufman movies? I do. On DVD, I own Adaptation, Being Great. John Malkovich. Great. Uh, Synecdoche, New York. Fabulous. And I think there's the only three. I don't own Human Nature. I don't own Anomalisa. Have you seen Human Nature? No, have you? I have. Definitely his weakest movie and Michelle Gondry's weakest movie. Oh, I forgot Michelle now, Gondry. Actually, oh, and uh, Charlie Kaufman did Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I own Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Oh, you well. own all those? That's great. Yeah. I haven't seen Anomalisa. It's the only film he's on. Oh, you haven't seen, seen Anomalisa? No. Oh, we'll get it. We'll get into that. I will. I will. Um... Well, that's great. Don't own this. If you could own it, would you? Ooh. God damn, when you ask a question like that sometimes, it feels so good. Um, I don't know. And we'll talk about this as we get into it. I think had I seen it in theaters, like let's say this had a traditional release in theaters and mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters, I think I would be really excited to buy it when it came out uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, now I, I feel less of a need to own this movie other than for completist's sake. Very good. Well, Patrick, I think, you know, there's so many, I mean, do you have a lot to say about this movie or do you have very little? Somehow it's funny you, you ask that too. God damn, dude. I got your number. Your I got you by the scrote, dude. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, it's like Terry Gross over here. <laughs> yeah. Just raw, unscripted questions. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have a lot to say and nothing to say at the same time. I wow. was... Um, my mind was just like going like my mind. I can't remember the last time my mind was thinking about the movie while I was watching it so much. Yes. Well, I think this movie and then is kind of not having anything to say about it at the end or at least nothing movie, that I can articulate. That's very interesting. You say that because I do feel like this movie is very much about being on the outside, viewing something and thinking about your place within that artistic space or like it's all about watching yeah and like self-reflection yeah which the characters are doing in this movie a lot too i must warn our listeners there's gonna be some artsy fartsy talk artsy fartsy talk i'm gonna have to put on my artsy film school hat fart well let's get into it patrick right now this second so the movie, I'm thinking of ending things. Well, let's kind of start well, before we get into the thick of it, because this is a complicated movie. Mm-hmm. It's an insane movie. I don't think this is a spoiler. This is going to rate very high on the fartsy test. Very high. Like, I don't, it's going to be up there. You most so, likely will not want to watch this, but you will definitely want to listen to this so you can tell people that you've seen it. Yes. Because you can be like, did you see the newest Netflix movie? It's kind of a trip. And people can be like, no, I didn't. And then you can just kind of regurgitate our talking points and you'll be good to go. Um, So the only thing I'm going to say is that um, we we mentioned this before. Casey said, do you own any other Charlie Kaufman movies? So for people that may or may not be familiar, Charlie Kaufman is a started out as a screenwriter. Uh, He got famous for writing Being John Malkovich, which is a very bizarre movie. It's directed by Spike Jones. And that kind of put him on the map. And then um, 
got catapulted to the next level with his screenplay for adaptation and then to stratosphere with eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is probably his most popular at least widely seen yes movies eternal sunshine of the spotless mind his movies are always about what's going on in your head yeah, there's very a lot cerebral. of very cerebral literally like two of the movies there are ch- two movies he has written there are chasings in someone's brain mm-hmm. in someone's subconscious yeah. so uh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of voiceover in his movies and just you really get inside these people's noggins. Yeah, I lots think this of is ruminating. Rumination. And they're kind of funny and bizarre and a little scary and sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melancholy and is definitely one of the defining characteristics of his films, I'd say. His the first movie he wrote and directed is called Synecdoche, New York. And that is a very bizarre and sad film. Very bizarre and, and sad. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And messy. So that's kind of what he's known for. And this movie is in that vein. So let's get into this movie. Let's untangle this. Oh, do you want to talk about the fact that it's a novel at all? Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, This was a novel by Ian Reid that I read. Hmm. And so I knew the ending of the movie. I've seen this movie twice now. Did you read the book before you saw the movie? Yes, I did. Oh. Prior to even knowing it was going to be made into a movie? No. That's oh. why I read it. Oh, okay. I'm not going to pretend I'm some... I don't... I'm not a reader, but I saw that this movie was being... This book was being turned into a movie, and I was like, oh, that sounds like an interesting book. I want to read that. Because when it was announced, it was like two years ago, so... Did you like the book? It's a, I liked the book a lot. Scary. I liked the movie better. Okay. I think the ending, which we'll get into, spoiler alert, if you want... <laughs> you should You should actually watch this movie. It's on Netflix. Yeah. But we will get into the ending. Yeah, the book... The ending, I was a little bit like, huh, that's a little unsatisfying. <laughs> but in this movie, I was like more satisfied with it. You might need to hold my hand a little bit when we discuss the end. I will always hold your hand. <laughs> Just reach out to me, please. I'm here, virtually. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, but I want to get into this movie yeah. a little bit. There's not much to talk about plot-wise. I'm just going to go through this a little bit. But we, mm-hmm. Patrick, we don't have to talk about this for very long because the plot is not what's important no, here. No, it's like tertiary at most. At most. So there's a woman, and her name is Lucy, but sometimes it's Louisa. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's Amy. Her name changes throughout the movie. I'm already confused. I watched it with and- subtitles, and... Um, mostly because I've had my air conditioning on nonstop, so I can't hear a goddamn yes, thing. Yes, I've been doing that too. It's too hot. I need, I, yes, I am, I am doing the same it's, thing. I don't know There's if no you shame noticed this, but... Uh, <laughs> so for her in the subtitles, it always refers to her as young woman. And, oh, it does. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and Jesse Plemons' character is, is Jake every time in, yes. the, in the subtitles. So these are our two characters. Lucy, I'll just call her Lucy because that seems to be what the, she's majorly called. Yeah. I think that's she, reasonable is going on a road trip to meet Jake's parents. Jake is her boyfriend, played by Jesse Plemons. They're both kind of annoying, like, grad school nerds. Yeah, they're kind of pedants. Pedants, definitely. Which is kind of annoying for me to even use that word. (laughs) And in her head, on the car ride, which the car ride is like the first 45 minutes of the movie, she has a thought. There's a lot of interior dialogue. And her thought is, I'm thinking of ending things. Once this thought arrives, it stays, it sticks, it lingers, it dominates. There's not much I can do about it. Trust me, it doesn't go away. I'm thinking of ending things. 
things, meaning and, the relationship. Right. And they haven't been together for very long, only six no. weeks. No. Which case, weeks. didn't you think that yes. was too soon to be introducing to parents? You know what? It's so weird. Some people are weird. Some men are weird. Mm, I okay. feel like... Go off, bro. Some I'm here, sister. <laughs> and I think some men really love... It's like kind of a power trip. And they can feel like they can kind of possess the woman by introducing oh. that woman to his parents early on. Interesting. I don't think that's what was going on here. But I do find it... It was... I, I was struck by that, too. That's... Pretty soon, because she says, I haven't even told my parents about Jake. (laughs) I probably never will. And, I mean, as as we'll discuss later, Jake's parents are fairly eccentric. I mean, I don't think I would ever want my significant other to meet parents. (laughs) Yes, but Patrick, I wanted to, I'm sorry, I, uh, you know, this, uh, this touched upon something, because I feel like I've dated people, and, like, the second we went on a date, I was like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But that didn't necessarily stop me from dating them right. for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever had that? Where there's like a little voice inside your head being like, you should break up with this person. Like, Yeah, I think it or was. Or maybe no- not even immediately, but like, oh, like three weeks in, you're like, this is, I'm over this. I think for me, what, it, what it's been before is it's been more of a like, I don't see this going anywhere. Like, I don't see a future with this person is usually how it manifests itself for me like it doesn't Uh, necessarily feel so much in the moment as something's off and i think that's mostly because i'm uh averse to change and confrontation uh but i can i guess you know something is kind of wrong when you don't really not that you need to see the future as being with this one person for the rest of your life but when you don't see really I don't know. You just have a little, you know that it's not forever. Because I feel like you can kind of give yourself the illusion that something's going to be forever. You know, if you really love someone, you're really into someone, you kind of lull yourself into, you kind of convince yourself of the notion you'll be with this person forever, but not in a concrete way, in an abstract way. And then this is like very much how this movie is. Like me, (laughs) I mean, this is how this episode is going to be like fun and difficult to talk about. We're really going to dig deep into our psyche. Yeah, dig deep into our psyches. It's like, um, it's more so how it manifests itself is just like i just know this is not gonna be forever and so the fact that i have that thought that that comes up in my mind knowing it's not gonna be forever that's an interesting thing to me i always when that has happened to me it's struck me like a bolt of lightning and it causes me such stress and anxiety because i'm like i have to break up with this person and that to me is like one of the worst things i've ever had to do is like break up with someone it's like there's no I feel like so often I would be like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it'll work out, it's fine, like, it's probably fine, like, for so long. Yeah. And I don't think that's a healthy thing. So I I feel like she says something at the beginning where she's like, I'm thinking of ending things. Once you think that, you can't unthink it. Yeah. And I did sort of, I've had that moment in relationships. Yeah. Well, you know, this, this movie is so much like you had said about the Oklahoma, like, so something that also happens in this movie is that there's a janitor. It keeps cutting to this old man janitor. Yeah, who <laughs> could have played by could have been played by Tilda Swinton. I was half thinking it was going to be Tilda Swinton. Tony Collette as the old man. Yeah, her Tony Collette. Well, uh, it's just they my- cast a very good like Midwestern old fat guy. I oh, thought. can you? I don't know if this will take up too much time, but what just remind that reminded me of. One of uh, you have a lot of good anecdotes, but one of my favorites is your thesis film 
in college. Oh yeah, your your actor and how he was so horrible. To you. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, yes, he was so like an my, older sixties or seventies, right? Early sixties, yeah. And he was so. A little backstory. The so I did it my senior year of college. I did do my thesis film, which was called <laughs> The Good Things, which I was obsessed with Terrence Malick at that time, and I took my art very seriously. <laughs> I would never make anything like this now, but it was like a very serious movie about this widow, this this widower farmer who finds like a knocked unconscious young man on his property. I feel like and brings this is the inside. arc of like a lot of young filmmakers because when I was like writing at the time too, I was always writing stuff like this. So intense and serious. It's so embarrassing. It's like, God, this isn't even fun. I wouldn't even want to see this movie. No, it's so cringy. So, it's so, oh, so cringy. Anyways, when you're in film school, you cast actors that you don't have to pay, which in Los Angeles and anywhere probably, but there's a billion actors that you can get to be in a movie for free because they need to build up their resume. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are like trying to start acting at an older age. So there's a there are people available, but the older you get, the more difficult it is to find actors who are willing to do it for free and especially actors who can actually kind of act. Mm-hmm. So I got this guy named Clyde and he was really the only option I had. He was actually a pretty good actor. He gave a good performance, but he was such an awful human being. He was so mean to the crew. He was such a crank. I would give him a direction and he'd go, huh, really? Like after every time, seriously? And then he'd kind of throw his hands up. Okay. And everyone was like, oh my God, this guy's an asshole. Everyone on set thought he was a horrible, he was mean to everyone. He said kind of disgusting sexual stuff to some of the girls on set. I thought he was like Gene and Hackman we were or shooting something. It. What's that? He thought he was Gene Hackman or something. Yes. And we were shooting at this farmhouse up in Northern California. We actually had to fly up there. Did you sit next to him on the there. plane? No, 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 no. <laughs> I drove, but we flew, flew him up there mm. and put him up at his own hotel. Room oh, and wow. Stuff. And I don't know. He was just such, such an awful person. I remember the stunt coordinator was like, cause there's a part where he gets punched in the face in the movie. And the stunt coordinator was like, should I tell him to really punch him in the face this time for the last <laughs> one? And I was like, very funny very good but no thank you and i mean he was an alcoholic he told us these stories about how he was working on Are you a, talking about clyde or the character no clyde was an alcoholic <laughs> uh recovering and he had told these stories about how he got kicked off an aaron sorkin movie because he talked back to aaron sorkin and i was like why are you why is it why are you proud of this this is crazy and at the end of the shoot, you know, he needed to sign a contract that his likeness could be used in a movie. It's kind of a standard contract. And he wrote up this handwritten contract that he was like, if you do not deliver me a cut of this movie in two weeks, you have to pay me $10,000. <laughs> and I was like, this movie, we shot it on film. I was like, I'm not going to have this edited for like another six months. <laughs> and so we had to talk him down to like six months. And he's like, if you don't give it to me in six months, you have to pay me $10,000. And it was like, it was just, he was horrible. I don't know. I, there aren't, he was just a horrible man. And like, I'd be like, Clyde, we need to get going here. And he's like, half a mo. And I was like, what? And he's like, half a mo. I was like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, half a moment. And I was like, okay. 
Anyways, I don't know if that was that. How did you? I, he, I love it. I, <laughs> how did you maintain or retain your your confidence? At, like I would have been a shell if this guy was just berating me like that. Or did you just I have enough confidence in your role, like as the director, to know? Like you just. No, I. I mean, I had the support of my crew, mm. but I really. I, I just kind of ate shit the whole weekend. You know, it's like, okay, Clyde, okay. Mm. You know, I never, like, talked back or anything. Oh, okay. So it wasn't antagonistic. You're just like, okay. It was just like... Yeah. Gotcha. So, but he's watching. The janitor is watching. Or he's kind of... It's cutting back to him. Right. And he is... He's the janitor, and he's also kind of watching these high school. He's a janitor at a high school, and he's watching these rehearsals of the movie Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, Patrick, I was a huge musical guy in high school. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. That was my thing. Yeah, I was a big musical theater nerd. Yeah, I don't like it. What? You know, why don't you like it? You didn't like the theater kids? Um, they're fine. No, I didn't, you know, I didn't like them. No, I'm going to say it. Wow. What did you do in high school, Patrick? I don't even know. I worked. Let me guess. I was a working man. You had a job? Okay. Yeah. Did I you do at... any high school curricular activities? Um. Well, I, ma- I made movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh. My big but thing was... Nothing uh, at the school. What's that? But were you making those like through school? Um. Yes. Yeah, some of them, yeah. We had a pretty good um. video editing facility. Mm, cool. Um, we had Avids. Um, we had nice. some good cameras. Um, had a lot of good stuff for that time. This is like 2000, 2005, 2006. So, yeah. So we had a lot of good stuff. Good. So yeah, a lot of stuff through the school. Mostly um, the junior and senior year. Yeah. You know, I wasn't that engaged extracurricularly. Mm. I worked a fair amount, but usually just kind of hung out. Just slaving away child labor. It's sad. <laughs> You lost your childhood. So that's why you're a man boy. Patrick, you know, I was going to make a joke at the top of this show that this movie is all about breaking up with people. And I was going to make a joke that I had all of your your exes on the phone. Um, <laughs> but I thought it would be too mean. And that's fine. If you had all my exes on the phone. Yeah. They're on the line, ready to call in. And that was the rest of this. Well, I don't think they'd have much to say. I bet they'd. I bet we could... Find some interesting conversation tidbits in there. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. Oh yeah, let's let's get things back on track. They get to the farmhouse okay. from their, their. Yes, they get there. Yeah. Yo, keep going. Oh, sorry. okay. I was, just, <laughs> sorry. I was just exclaiming. Yeah. So there, it's it's a snowstorm. Uh, it's terrible blizzard. They get there. They get to the farmhouse. Uh, Jake, played by Jesse Plemons, kind of takes her on a little, uh, very brief tour because it's a farmhouse. Hey, that reminds me. Do you remember at one point she says she grew up in an apartment, and but then another time she says she grew up on a farm? There's so much changing stuff. It's her backstory, her yeah, what she does for a living, her hobbies. Her, it's changing yeah. all the time. Like her, Everything's her graduate in flux. school program. It's like it's either quantum physics or what was the other one? Oh, gerontology. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's a painter. She's a poet. Yes. All these things. It's kind of changing all the time. It's very strange. And so anyways, he, Jesse Plemons, Jake takes her out of the farm and he shows her this like dark circle uh, in the corner of the barn. 
And it's apparently it's where some pigs were being eaten alive by maggots. Yes, it was disgusting. It's so gross, which I guess is a metaphor for the movie or for, I don't know. We're supposed to think something of it. I, I don't, I guess maybe we're slowly being eaten alive by their proverbial maggots. Their chemistry as a couple was so awkward. Yeah. And it was which like, which I think painful. worked to the advantage of the movie though. No, it, I mean, it felt realistic in a way. I feel like I've seen couples that are like trying to kind of like kid each other, but they don't know yes. how when it's like awful and they're like kind of getting offended at what they're saying and it's like they're kind of almost fighting all the time oh i have clyde ft's uh i have clyde's uh window still up on my computer i just want to close that it scared me for a second yeah they um that's a very good point like at one point i was thinking they don't have good chemistry and i was like wait that's exactly the point and it, it not it's not like bad chemistry it's just not good chemistry it's the it's the chemistry that was intended for the film yeah but i mean you i feel like i've been around couples like that where it's like ooh they're not going to make it and they're kind of like fighting a little bit and like not getting along and kind of like under their breath like it's fine you know <laughs> yeah so basically the evening goes like this their ages start changing randomly suddenly they're very the parents they're very old they're very young they're dying they can't remember where they are and like Lucy's kind of left alone sometimes. This is when things start getting really weird and unpredictable. And at the time, while this is happening, Lucy doesn't really think anything of the age changing. Not that we can see. No. She doesn't notice it. It's all kind of happening. It's all supposed to be happening. I don't really think we should get into the exact details of what happened because it's so bizarre and surreal. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, should we jump to the end of this movie? I think we maybe should. As long as we don't skip over... We'll come back, but I think it's important to inform the rest of the stuff. Mm, mm. Okay. Yeah, let's 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 jump to the end. Okay. The end of the movie is that all of this was made up in Jesse Plemons' head the whole time, and Jesse Plemons is the the old janitor who we've been cutting back and forth to. Now, Now let me ask you a question. Do you think that's clear from the movie? It's not totally clear. Exactly. Exactly. I knew that happened because of the book. But I think you could watch this movie the first time and be like, huh? Who is that? <laughs> but. I will say to me and. Tell, that is what happened. Tell me if I'm wrong here. To me, it did seem kind of obvious the way that the movie was framed and having seen enough <laughs> movies. It seemed obvious that the old janitor was jesse plummins's character was like jake okay well something i noticed that the house the janitor leaves from is the house they go to oh which i, I didn't did notice not that. notice that that is a good catch um i noticed that only on second viewing that's a second viewing mm-hmm. observation <laughs> i don't expect you to see those things on first viewing patrick you know what's funny we talked about this la- one or two weeks ago with the, the cabinet of dr caligari mm. how it's all in his head at the end and i said in that episode there's a movie this year where that's the case and i was referring to this movie. oh you were referring to this that? one I was surprised. I was on my run today listening to Cabinet of Dr. Caligari episode along with our listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was wondering to myself, what is the other movie he's talking about? I don't listen back to the po- the podcast episodes, but I'm editing them. So that's different. Yeah, you're editing them. It's a whole new surprise. It's like, oh, Casey cut out that part I was very passionate about. I don't like him as much anymore. Yeah, you cut out, um, you cut out the piece where I talked about Deadwood. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was a little bummed. I was waiting to to hear that. But I'm sorry. But you know, it made sense for you to cut it out. It, it wasn't that interesting or funny. Patrick, you're so funny on this show. I I I always want to keep your stuff, <laughs> and I cut my st- 
stupid idiot takes. And <laughs> That's not true. All right, but back um, to back to the ending of the movie. It's all yeah. In- so, anyways, it's all in it's all in Jesse Plemons' head, and I guess the storyline was that he could have been a really he's like a really knowledgeable, smart, um, educated janitor who just kind of wasted his life being a janitor instead of pursuing his studies. Mm-hmm. I guess. Now, when I, I I want to tell you a little bit of story, Patrick. I'd love to hear it. I watched this with my parents. Hmm. Hmm. Kevin and Sam. For your first viewing. And for the first viewing. And I had already read the book, so I had a little inclination on what was going on. And we had a good conversation about the movie afterwards, and I feel like we all got to a good place where we all kind of understood what was happening. I mean, this movie's kind of like Mulholland Drive, where the first time you're like, huh? Yeah. Uh, this movie reminded me a lot of Mulholland Drive. I mean, what's interesting about this movie is it's not... Um, really pitched or marketed as a horror movie but there are a lot of trappings of a horror movie and it's not particularly scary but there are some scary moments or like some generally uh, genuinely dread filled suspenseful moments it also reminded me of Jacob's Ladder which I just watched Um, Mm. yes I saw that on your letterbox yes all over my letterbox like a white on rice (laughs) harassing me on all social media platforms anyways I wanted to I had a story Patrick I was telling yeah I want to hear a story my dad said one of his good friends growing up got was very similar to this guy. He got his masters. He was very cultured. He knew all the. Your dad is from Mankato. Yes, and he ended up dying young as a janitor at Northwestern University. It's kind of sad. In Chicago. Yeah. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting, and it kind of struck me. I. And he's the same age as your dad. Yeah, he's dead. They get into high school together. Yeah. Wow. There is something very about this movie about wasting your life and time. There's a quote that I found disturbing. Youth is admirable. Oh, yes. Do you ever struggle with this, Patrick? Do you ever struggle with feeling like you've wasted your life or that you're not young anymore and that your good times have passed you by and it's all too late? Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, Tell me about that, please. Yeah. I'm trying to decide like how much I want to disclose uh, publicly. All of it. You made me talk about Clyde. You talk about... <laughs> I think, um, you know, going through a, a divorce at a young age yeah, is it makes you reflect more on your mortality a little bit than you otherwise would. Yeah. And I totally. think you... You know, I'm still relatively young, you know, 31. Uh, yeah. But it definitely... Like, I don't consider that time wasted at all. But it yeah. feels like a sort of a reset when you weren't looking for a reset. It feels totally. like a like an like an accidental control Z, you know. Yeah. And you can't, you know. But you don't get to I, go back to where you were. Yeah. If that makes well, sense. Well, thank you for sh- saying that, sharing that, Patrick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know. I think something that this movie does kind of discuss is like you can look at life in one of two ways it's like either your accomplishments that you stack on top of each other like add up to what your life is or more like and that's kind of what the character the janitor character is going through in this movie it's kind of like he in his mind he wasted his life because you know he never got the girl or he didn't get the nobel prize or whatever you know it's like he didn't get to stack up those accomplishments but i think life is more difficult than that and 
it's more it's not about like how much added up altogether it's it's much more complicated than that does that make sense what i just said yeah it does make sense and you know how i know it makes sense is because um the way that you phrased that reminded me a lot i mean i had thought about this before when we were watching it or when i was watching it um there's elements of which I famously did not like, and I like this movie was my dinner with Andre. Um, I, Patrick, did you look? Did you read my notes? Did you steal that from my notes? No, I, I have not scrolled down to see your your notes. I said this but, is like my dinner with Andre, but they're dating. Because <laughs> there is a lot of them just talking about like bullshit cultural references. Yeah. Yes. A lot of David Foster Wallace. Also, do you remember when um when Lucy is talking about A Woman Under the Influence, which is the famous John Cassavetes movie? Yes. And we'll probably do a John Cassavetes movie at some point. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> and she's the way she's talking about the movie, it reminded me of like a like maybe about 15 20 minutes earlier in the movie when it cuts to a clip of a Pauline Kale. Patrick, that is what you're supposed to think. You got it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, God, Patrick, a gold star for you, buddy. Um, because so much. <laughs> of, okay, so you find out that Lucy is all made up. So what you realize, and I was able to enjoy more on second viewing, is that almost all of his interactions with Lucy are, or like anything that she's sort of producing as thought, is a ripped off is copied from something else. So she's giving a review of a, a woman under the influence and it's actually the writing of Pauline Kale. But she, and then she reads a poem that she says she wrote, but it was actually this actual poem written by somebody. She claims she painted these paintings, but they were actually another painter's paintings because she is just an amalgamation of cultural references. Right. Exactly. And so I think, you know, I'm surprised you didn't. I don't know if you took this away from it, Patrick. I'm kind of analyzing you this episode, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but it it's so much. It's like uh, his life is a collection of cultural references and culture that he has imbibed over his life time. Yeah. And it's uh, ended up meaning nothing. Something I thought about th- during this movie is like, you know, when you kind of like romanticize like a job like being a janitor to like do your art on the side. Right. Yeah. Have you ever thought about stuff like that? Yeah. I've thought a lot about how, um, you know, Pyenberger and Pasadena. Yes. I don't know if we've had these conversations. Love Pyenberger. Yeah. Love Pyenberger. And I've, I think I might've had these conversations with Sean before. Like one of my, some, yeah, we, you kind of romanticize like one thing that sounds so nice is just like to flip burgers at Pyenberger. Yeah. Like for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and that that sounds so, you know, maybe it is great. Who knows? Who knows what the, it's it's all what you make of it, you know? But I know, but what were you going to say about that? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I had a lot of that. I mean, you and I both worked like kind of, I don't, I wouldn't describe them as shitty jobs, but like jobs you could leave at the work customer service or like. You know, like we were a dishwasher or I like worked at a nursery school and it's like my life was very simple in a way mm-hmm. and there was kind of a niceness to that. But at the same time, I was like making no money and was horrified about the future. So there's a lot of existential dread during that time. So I think there, there's kind of a romanticization of like, you know, like Raymond Carver. That's the that's the name of the author, right? Of what? Raymond Carver. Raymond Chandler. What's his name? Uh, well, Raymond Carver. He did short- Raymond Carver does the short stories. Okay, yeah. so yeah, Raymond Carver. I love Raymond Carver. He was like a night janitor. Oh, he was? And would write short stories. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. 
and would write short stories on his shifts. And I just was so always so obsessed with that. And then when you actually kind of live that life, like which I did for like most of my 20s, like working like a difficult low income job that uh, like a low salary job that leaves you time for your art. That's like really horrible. Well, did you see <laughs> I <did> like <laughs> did you see Jim Jarmusch's Patterson? With, yes. with uh, same thing notorious stud muffin Adam Driver. Ooh, <laughs> let me ask you about Adam Driver. Okay, I want to get back to this Patterson thing, but what do you think of Adam Driver? Adam Driver is the greatest current greatest American actor. I think I agree, and it's so interesting to me because maybe this is a controversial take. I did not like the TV show Girls. I think there's That's some. Fine. It's kind of annoying. I think it's better than. Some people say and worse than some people say. Yeah. And his so I think everyone's introduction to Hannah. Adam Driver was as Hannah's um, Hannah played by Leah Hannah. Dunham. <laughs> played by Leah Dunham. And he's a scumbag. At least I he only is. watched the first two seasons, I think. So I don't know if he has a redemptive arc. Did you watch the yeah. whole series? You know what? I think I only watched the first two seasons too. Yeah, I so enjoyed I it, but I don't know if he becomes anyone, but so I hated Adam Driver. Because I conflated him with this character from the show. and That's how good he is. Yeah, that's how good he is. And then, like, and then he's just kind of everywhere. You know, anytime anyone's everywhere, you kind of get, like, annoyed. And then he just, like, is so good and chooses such cool roles. And he's just, like, so talented and so much range. And, like, I remember seeing, um, was While We're Young, Noah Baumbach? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, so I just remember this scene when, uh... Adam Driver is there with his wife or fiance. Is it uh, Amanda Dakota Seyfried. Johnson? Nope, Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried. And then Ben Stiller and is it Naomi Watts? Yep. Yeah. And they want to look something up on Wikipedia and Adam Driver's like, let's just not know. Let's just sit here and not know. Because <laughs> Ben Stiller's he, like, oh, we should look it up. <laughs> I I remember that scene so well. And you've brought it up before to me. Let's just and you've said that. Let's just not know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think his range is wonderful. He can do comedies, he can do dramas. I think he seems like a fairly sensitive, nice person. I just yeah. and I just don't think that Although he did get a speaking of Terry Gross, you mentioned Terry Gross at the top. Did you hear about his little Yes, but I feel bad for him for that. Uh, I, I kind of do. It's annoying, but you don't have to throw a fit. He didn't. He just left. Yeah. Can it be that bad? Debatable. That I don't. I I understand. He he's a vet. I don't know. Uh, no. the, I but I no one else is doing the stuff he's doing. All mm-hmm. the, all other actors right now. This is a big thing with me, and I will bring it up again and again. <laughs> but like, there's no other American actors that are good. They're all like. I feel like most of them are coming, like, are British or Australian. Yeah, I was going to say Robert Pattinson, but he's British. And you know who I would have said was a good American actor? Who? Chadwick Boseman. Oh, Chadwick Boseman was great. And I feel like he, him and, like, Adam Driver. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. I'm not as impressed with Michael B. Jordan. Mm. I don't, he doesn't do that, do much for me. But Chad, His I, range is definitely more limited than, than some yeah, other actors. His, he's got a working. very limited range. He's just so good in Creed, and he's so good on The Wire. And just, I know, but I just feel like Chadwick Boseman, some of the stuff he did was so good. And, like, there just aren't that many American guys doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I know. It's kind of a bummer. I feel much like the parents in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, I've aged 
<laughs> 60 years in the span I know, of this conversation. I feel like we've, we've been recording for like eight hours. Yeah, what, <laughs> if we looked up, it? it's like 2021, the what? election's over. We're still talking about the thing. Yeah, that's very similar to Synecdoche, New York. There's a lot of oh similarities between yes. this and Synecdoche, New York. Exactly. And so... Uh, I really want you to see Anomalisa because this movie feels very much like a synthesis of Synecdoche, New York and Anomalisa. Like it feels, what's cool about this movie is it feels like a very natural progression in Charlie Kaufman's filmography. And that's a really cool thing to, you know, because I feel like we kind of came of age in cinema as he was hitting his creative stride. Yeah. And so I feel really lucky that we've been into cinema when people as talented as like Paul Thomas Anderson or Charlie Kaufman are really like in their sweet spot and so we gotta like see things released in real time yeah. and contextual and see them develop as artists that's that's and true. that was a really interesting thing i'm not thankful enough for that that reminded <laughs> me of when david bowie died and everyone was like the world's been around for a hundred million years you should thank your lucky stars that you got to share the same time as david bowie do you remember when people were posting that <laughs> yes i, I was like what the that. fuck this is so dumb and you know it's funny. It was like, yeah, that was like specifically about David Bowie, which I mean, you're not wrong. It's just like, but it's ugh. like, I mean, it's sad he died because he died kind of young. But I was like, I like David Bowie, but like, come on, yeah. Give me well, a it felt very, um, I don't know. It felt phony when people were saying. I that. feel like someone is... who, someone who said that wouldn't even listen to Low. You know, <laughs> fuck no, dude. Not even Aladdin saying um, probably. Patrick. We need to get out of here. <laughs> We're trapped in this vortex. There's, I feel like there might be one more thing. That I'm like, I just can I just give you a tidbit here? Yeah, yeah. To get out of this, the end speech. So at the end of the movie, when we discover it's all in his head, there's a scene where Jesse Plemons is giving a speech, and he and everyone in the audience is wearing very theatrical old yes. people makeup. Literally, my exact note is what's with the old makeup on the audience. It's clownish and theatrical. Intentionally. Yes, because this is all a performance in his head. You know what, Two Case? Do you remember the ballet sequence that preceded this? Love the ballet sequence. That's the ballet sequence from the musical Oklahoma. It's the same one. Oh, it is? Yeah, and they even do it the same way where the ballerinas come from behind and switch. I wish I had known this. (laughs) I was... This movie, we've said this before, I think like with House and other movies too, like it just like when you have a certain level of, I mean, obviously you have to be working with a certain level of talent, but you also have to have a certain level of confidence and conviction in your movie. Like that would have seemed so goofy, but it was so great. I loved it. That was probably my highlight of the movie. Oh, this really is like a movie where you're like, how did this get made? Only Netflix... (laughs) who's like throwing money around at people would make a movie like this. Cause I don't think this would be released in theaters. <laughs> it's probably this movie's fault that glow season four was canceled. Yes, probably. <laughs> God that did you recognize the speech that Jesse Plemons gave at the end? It sounded so familiar. Is it Abraham Lincoln? No, it's the speech in a beautiful mind that Russell Crowe said, when he won the Nobel Prize. Holy shit. It is only in the mysterious equations of love that any logical reasons can be found. I'm only here tonight because of you. 
you are the reason I am. <sighs> you are all my reasons. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to... That's from A Beautiful Mind. So it made me kind of sad. Did you recognize that or how did you... What? Because the crit film critic Ingu Kang brought it up. Ah. I but it made me sadder because I was like, oh wow, his life to the end is just references to other things that are not him. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, Patrick yeah. My brain is going crazy. We need to move on. Yeah, we need to get here. to the fartsy test, otherwise we'll stroke out on air. Now, Patrick, did you introduce it or did I introduce it last time? Uh, I'll do it this time. Okay, I think you did it last time, but do oh, it then this you time. do it. You knew okay. you were setting me up uh, for because failure I know there. I did Cabinet of Caligari. Okay, you go then, Patrick. Introduce I would like it, to go now. Thank okay, you. Go ahead. <laughs> so, in case loyal listeners will know, if you're a loyal listener, you can scrub 15 seconds ahead. Newbies, listen up. The Farsi test is a proprietary system that we've established using computational science, mathematicians, uh, philosophers, other people, to come up with a way to gauge how impenetrable or penetrable a movie is. Um, Casey said before, it's like an MPA rating. It helps you kind of understand yeah. what you're going to be in for. What uh, you're so getting 10, yourself into. A 10 is, you know, having a... Dr. Caligari, I don't know if it was a 10, but it was up there. It's no, like, it's, it's not a 10. That's not a 10, Patrick. What did we give it? 8 something? We don't know. Nine 10 something? is just, it could potentially be this movie. Something that's so difficult. Just yeah. the most difficult movie. You'll Impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Impenetrable. And then there's penetrable, which of course you can easily penetrate. Would be your Jurassic Parks, your Die Hards. Case I'm gonna introduce a new one. Your there's something about Mary's. Hey, which I love. <laughs> yeah, all great movies. What this scale is not about quality. It's not about what's good or bad. It's only about how artsy fartsy it is. Sometimes you want to see a seven hour black and white Hungarian movie with only thirty edits. Other times you want to see Cameron Diaz accidentally put jizz in her hair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one or the other. Right. What we do is we try and match movies to mood. And if you have this score on hand, you can appropriately select a title for your mood. Precisely. (laughs) Let's do it, Patrick. Let's Let's get into it. Do it. Okay. Do you want me to ask questions? Yeah, you're doing it to this time. Oh, I'm doing everything. Yeah, that's how it's always been. No, usually I describe the fartsy test, then you ask the questions. Okay. Well, let's do it at the same time. Here we go. Three, two, one. Is, is there, there suicide? suicide? Wait, do we have um, to do this for everyone? No, we, we won't. Okay. Just is there suicide? I don't think so. The old man at the end kind of kills himself. What does he do to himself? He's naked. At the end, it seems like he had he died of uh, freezing to death and a Yeah, he follows this animated pig through the... <laughs> we won't explore what that means, but that is what happens. I'm going to say yes, there is suicide. Case, okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Would you... Would you be naked in a movie? Yeah, I would. Okay. How naked? Completely. Okay. Without any qualms? I mean, it would have to depend on the movie. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't give my gift just for any. (laughs) What if this was your, what if this was your grandpa? (laughs) I mean, you only see his butt. 
Have you seen your grandpa's butt? No. <laughs> Don't care to. Only have one living would it, grandpa. Don't want to. Would see it butt. bother you if I saw my grandpa's butt? Yeah, in a movie right on the now? big screen. That <laughs> would be. I'd be so confused. I guess. I mean, <laughs> if my grandpa was an actor, I'd kind of be like, <laughs> but I would be okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I applaud the confidence, but yeah. So he kind of kills himself. I guess I don't know. Um, are there inexplicable images that seem utterly unnecessary? I would say yes a lot. Yeah, uh, there's like a it cuts to like a fake rom com in the middle. Yes, and and remember she gets a call from the character from the rom com. Yeah. <laughs> That but that rom com was so funny the way they wrote it. It felt like he had studied Netflix rom coms like of now. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yes, that was really funny. I laughed out loud for that. that was, uh, I so there that was. was a, I mean, you just mentioned it, Patrick. There's a there's a cartoon pig that maggots are falling out of it. So there are some inexplicable images. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um. Is the movie, yeah, the movie's over two hours. Is the movie over two hours? Slash, yes. can you start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? It's over two well, hours, and I, I, I'd i watch, I'd start it before 8 p.m. I would do. Yeah. I, in fact, I purposefully did uh, start this before 8 p.m. Is the acting wooden and emotionless? No. No. No, it's good acting. I thought the acting was really good. I love that main actress. Yeah, um, what is her name? Jesse. Uh, well, her name. His name is Jesse Plemons. Her name is Jesse Buckley. She's so good. She's Scottish. Oh, she is. See what the yeah. Fu- she's oh. in a movie called Country Rose, I believe, where she plays a Scottish country. Yes, singer. I remember seeing trailers for that. I kind of wanted to see it. That's supposed to be really it. good. Yeah. Did you? You have not seen it? No, but I hear it's really good. She's also in the new season of Fargo. Oh, cool. Uh, speaking of Fargo and speaking of American actors we love, what are your thoughts on Jesse Plemons? You know what? I left him out of the greatest actor conversation. He is one I would consider. I, I love him. I think he's, he's amazing. He's great. Do you think more people know him from Breaking Bad or Friday Night Lights or something else? Breaking Bad, Breaking probably. Breaking Bad, yeah. But he's amazing. He's so good. I love he, him. And he's another one. I feel like he's similar to Adam Driver where it's like he can do these intense dramas but he can also do comedies really well. He can did you see Game Night? I did. I didn't like Game Night as that much but he was good in that. Hmm. Do you not like fun? I, I love Do you not like fun? <laughs> well, in... Do you not like smiling? So this actually it's a, I love I love when shit just like comes together because I'm going to tell you something right now Case. Okay. I watched Game Night on my laptop on a plane. So you're not going to get a great experience on a plane watching a movie. People will quibble with this. I say there's no way. And one pervasive thought I had while watching this movie was I would have killed to watch this movie in theaters because I think I, I would have, I think it would have floored me seeing it in theaters. You've been hooting and hollering. I would I be hooting and hollering. I, I think I saw it in theaters and I think I really enjoyed it. No, yeah. I'm talking about I'm thinking of ending things. Wait, you watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things on a Plane? No, 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 sorry. I, I really got, I got really confusing there. I watched Game Night. This is like watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things I know. I watched again. Game Night on my laptop on a plane, and I didn't like and it very you... much. And I watched this movie. Yeah, I realized I, I skipped a whole step. I watched this movie at home on my TV, but my broader point was that watching movies in theaters brings something that you can't get. I thought this movie looked fantastic. It looked and I so thought it was good. his most assured directing f- movie. Like it, I thought every shot looked really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um 
you remember a few episodes ago you just stopped mid-sentence and you asked me what were you doing that night <laughs> and it really scared me that was when we were talking about smugglers cove I remember what we were talking about, but it really <laughs> shook me to my core. What were you doing? Uh, Where were you the night of the 24th, September 2017? Okay. Is there an inordinate amount of milling about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say yeah. They are driving. Yeah, I would say too. They're driving for like 45 minutes, and then she's kind of just wandering around the house. Yeah, she like wanders on the house. She wanders on the high school. She wanders around like, like that parking lot of the high school. Can I just say the end of the movie where she goes to the high school when that happens in the book that is very scary and there's it's, like I thought it was scary in the movie too a little bit but when she's in the high school it's in the book it's like dark and there's like a murderer trying to get her Oh that's much scarier than the movie And also in the book there's a whole backstory where like a man kept appearing outside of her window at night that was also scary Ugh, That's way creepier yeah, this movie could have... It'd be interesting to imagine this movie in a universe where it's a little bit more straightforward horror. Yeah. But um, the, the movie, the book is confusing, too. It's convoluted, so I don't know yeah. if it could be that straightforward. It's uh, Yeah, it's very convoluted. And, but there were some scary elements. I mean, when um, they go to Tulsi Town, which is this ice cream place. Which is like and, a Dairy Queen. Yeah, like a Dairy Queen. And there's some like David Lynch vibes with the characters there at the Tulsi Town. Yeah. And um, they get these concretes. He sings kind of a scary song. Yeah, the song is scary. The logo is scary. It's just eerie. And they get these concretes, which are basically like these uh, blizzards. If you know Dairy Queen, they're like blizzards. And um, (laughs) Jesse Plemons' character, Jake, becomes overwhelmed with having them in the car. Because they're going to start melting yes. and start getting a little that bit of That is a plot of... point. I so related he, to that because I feel like I have ordered blizzards from Dairy Queen. And I'm like, I ordered way too much. I have too much ice cream. I have to throw this all away. Yeah. It's gross. I've it's so much. It. Like, it's unbelievable how big of the... If like, you get a how... small, if you get a small, it's too much. Isn't that insane? What is wrong with us? America, dude. Who can eat? I mean, actually, I cannot cast stones because I could slug back like a 24-ounce chocolate malt under 90 seconds probably Ooh, you get a real brain freeze with that one patrick okay Dude. patrick i'm yeah. i'm excited for this last question I'm so would you rather read 10 one. pages of oh, i'm just very excited what? for it oh okay. would you rather would you read ra- uh, go ahead would you rather read 10 pages of david foster wallace or watch this movie now this is a special question patrick because special. david foster wallace is referenced in this movie oh he sure is guys and I would not rather watch. I I, I love that. I like this movie a lot. So I would rather watch the movie than read ten pages of David Foster Wallace, which I have. I've read a thousand pages of David Foster Wallace because I've read Infinite Jest, and you know what? It wasn't worth it. <laughs> it was a year of my life that was wasted. <laughs> I wonder cumulatively how much time you spent reading it. I, sh- I shudder to think. <laughs> it took me at least an hour to read 10 pages. Oof. And the book Fuck. is over a thousand pages long, so you could do the math on that. I like this movie. Um, But for me, would you rather... Uh, I think the movie edges it out by a hair. Um, Because it's really beautiful to look at. The performances are great. You know, this packs in a lot in two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. So. It really does. It's for long, that reason, though. This. 
It's, it's long. long. Two and a, it, it's a long two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it is. So I think I I think I come down on rather watching this, but it is kind of a close. It's closer than you might think. Mm. So. Okay, Patrick, we what was the medallion we gave my dinner with Andre? The bullshit references medallion, a pretentious uh, something bullshit like that, medallion? or pretentious bullshit medallion. I don't. I know. think. I think this one gets the same medallion. <laughs> I think it gets that award. Yeah, so we got Pauline Kale. We got David Foster Wallace. We have some poem poet that I never heard of. Yeah, some landscape artists. There's a lot of uh, philosophers and poets, Wordsworth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of little things. Like but you that. know what? This movie is about pretentious bullshit references. Like it's about like how that sucks, kind of. Exactly. There was something different about this than my dinner with Andre. I mean, notably, the biggest distinction is this an actual conversation, whereas my dinner with Andre is just Andre screaming at Wallace, not screaming, just droning on at Wallace Shawn for like 90 minutes. Patrick, I will not have your anti-Andre <laughs> sentiment spilled across this podcast. <laughs> I'll take any opportunity I can to trash my dinner with Andre. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Are we ready to calculate this? Let's calculate this shit, Maya. All right, just putting in the info into our machine, calibrating, and I've got my score. I'm going to go first. I got mine. You want me to go first? No, I'll go first. You usually go okay. first. I want to go first. 9.4. Okay. 9.4? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Would you give it? 8.4. So you think this is less... This This is lower on the fartsy scale than... The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. Wow. Okay, fine. Yeah. I I think for a number of reasons. I think it's not silent. Uh, It's color, actors we recognize. It's, I mean, Dr. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is kind of dynamic, but this movie for as much ruminating as there is and as much um, introspection as there is, it's pretty dynamic too. It's not too... Like they're you know they're going to different places and talking about different things and different yeah. emotions. He's like, I, and it feels like a puzzle yeah. too, you know. And that's kind of intriguing. It feels a little bit like a puzzle. You kind of want to know: is this her perspective? Is this his perspective? Like, is this um, is one of them going crazy, or is this a projection of some sort? Like, what is this? I think this movie is more confusing than Mulholland Drive. Really? Yeah, I do. Because I feel huh. like there's kind of a one-to-one with everything in Mulholland Drive. It's very similar. My note, um, the ending, the the transition to blue and the end feels right out of Mulholland Drive. Like, do you remember, like, the... Um, yeah. I just saw speak. Mulholland Drive. I remember everything. Do you remember... Um, well, in this movie, uh, there's, like, a little fade to blue. Or yes, a little transition I love that to fade to blue. Yeah. And that reminded me of Mulholland Drive. I don't know if there's anything like that in Mulholland Drive, but at least, like, my brain pathways... Con- made some connection between that fade to blue and Mulholland Drive. Silencio. Silencio. I I just think this movie is so confusing. It's so convoluted. It's like, I mean, I found it pleasurable to watch, so that may be why I didn't give it a perfect 10, because I think to be a perfect 10, maybe I'm scoring it too high, but I don't care. I'm going. I'm going with my heart and my feelings, and I, I can't really. Are you, are you talking to your personal rating or the Fartsy score right the now? The Fartsy score. Okay. I enjoyed watching this, but... Just because it's a 10 doesn't mean you can't enjoy it, you know? But I just feel like it's so difficult. 
Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I feel like having Luce on last week really kind of opened my eyes to some stuff because she's like, you know, she works at a video store and has to deal with these people face-to-face. You know, (laughs) normal humans. The plebs. The plebs. And sometimes we just get so lost in that world, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways... I cannot imagine... Uh, what, what did your you said you watched this with your parents I mean what was the, what were their thoughts they're fart heads they get it but you've used the example before as what would my mom think of this movie I think she was like this is weird mm, okay they liked it though? I don't mean my mom can't enjoy those movies I just mean she's the most vocal mm, gotcha. when it comes to criticizing films gotcha. that are weird that she didn't enjoy yeah I we generally liked it um, so our, our average score is 8.9 that feels right Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, now you, you, you teased a very disappointing, <laughs> uh, drink pairing. So, well, it's not so disappointing. Um, in fact, it was a very, uh, it felt very apropos. What I had was Casey brought me, uh, the grain belt nerdy slogger, Amber Lager. Yes. And so that no, felt apropos, the longer, the um, you know, Minnesota's cold. This place was, this movie felt cold. So. I didn't give you the lager. I gave you the amber. Yeah, it says amber lager the on the bottle. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what exactly, but it, yeah, it's the Nordeast. No, that's good. Yeah, it's the cold. This movie's very blizzardy. This movie, I feel like, could replace air conditioning. Like, it feels so cold, this movie. And yeah. not necessarily emotional. I mean, emotionally, there's elements of it that are kind of cold. But I mean, it's just snowing all the time, and they're bundled up. All we the time. watched a very cold movie last week too. We did, yeah, back to back coldies. Is this a cold podcast? Uh, I don't. What would a cold podcast look like? Even talk about popsicles and ice. <laughs> I wish the audience could see your face after it was like, and then my, my brain was like, why did you say that? And Casey's like, uh, <laughs> um, he's doing that thing again. <laughs> it's not funny, but uh, very good, Patrick. Very yeah, good. So um, if you can get your hands on a green, green belt, uh, Northeast green belt is so good. I wish it was available outside of like the Midwest. Uh, Patrick, we've been talking for a long time here, but, we need to give each other notes for future episodes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you have any notes for me? You know this is always my worst part of the show. Uh, I think a note you could give for me is we got to tighten up the movie discussion because it was a little... Yeah, uh, but, but that's not you, mind. and it's also this particular... I feel like that is my fault. No, and it's this movie. I think my note for you... <sighs> I have a note for you. Can I give you my yeah, note? Yeah, yeah. So this actually goes outside of the podcast. It's more of a friendship note. I, so the great Sid Hartman died this week, Mm -hmm. who was a sports reporter for the Star Tribune. Like he literally worked for the newspaper since 1928 when he was a paper boy. And it's a shocking that he was still alive. He's a beloved sports figure in Minnesota. There's a really funny story about how he said hi to Prince before the Super Bowl because they're both from Minneapolis. And Patrick sent that to me. And I said, oh, yeah, I heard this story. Uh, And I told Patrick a funny story about how my brother Brady used to work at the Minneapolis Star Tribune. And Sid Hartman, when he was like 95, would get a pop from the pop machine. And Brady worked right next to the pop machine. And Sid Hartman would hand him the pop bottle and go like, you look like you have strong hands. And Brady would open his pop bottle for him. 
And Patrick asked a question I thought so odd. <laughs> and I don't even know why he asked it. He asked me what pop was it? What soda was it? And I was like, why would I even know that answer? And what does that have to do with anything? I would think I, really, <laughs> I just thought that was I would so think for strange. you as a creative, you would you would want to know these things. Because paint a picture. Every little detail contributes to the character. Because if he's getting a Dr. Pepper, that says something. If he's getting, it, what, what was it, Sprite? You had Sprite? We, I texted my brother and said, t- what pop was it? And he said it was a Sprite. <laughs> did, well, did Brady give you shit? Was he like, why are you asking? Or did he just tell you? No, I said, Patrick's annoying me and he's asking me this question <laughs> Is that about how you phrased it? Yeah, I did. That's how I phrased it. And Brady said it was Sprite. <laughs> That's really funny. I bet if I had asked Brady directly, he would not have, have given He wouldn't have flinched. Hey, oh, we'll here's to... my friendship note for you. When you're asking me oh. questions, give me context as Casey texts me and is like, when's your birthday? Out of nowhere. Well, I don't think that was so strange. I think that's strange. And you were like, and you were like why? <laughs> Did you think I was going to like send you like uh, some sort of hideous surprise I don't on your birthday? Know. It's just like, are you signing me up for some sweepstakes or something? <laughs> Are you stealing my identity? I'm enlisting you in the military. And then I tell you, and you're, it's like radio silence. It's like, why did you want to know? It's like, it's not in my calendar. Uh, it's in my calendar now. That's why. It wasn't in my calendar. I want to know when your birthday was. <laughs> so when you ask me a question. Oh, Give you is, context? Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of undermining my own. <laughs> well, no, I guess it's I don't fucking know. I mean, just. No, because you were. It, it doesn't undermine yours because you wanted more context yes, from yes, the story. Yes, exactly. You're just a context it's queen. All part of the architecture of my brain. Um, Patrick, what episode, what movie are we talking about next week? I don't week? know, but I do want to pause real quick and say I'm very impressed that we. we um, on the day we're recording this, yes. uh, I think we're about two or three episodes ahead, but we just released our 10th episode, which we is did the Cabin it, baby. Dr. Caligari. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My goal is to get to 100 episodes. Yeah, I like that goal. Maybe to 1,000. That seems like a lot, Patrick. Well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> let's Ten, see how it goes. Wait, what is that, 20 years? Let's do 20 years. Well, we'll still, maybe we'll still be in quarantine. Um, <laughs> Patrick, what movie are we watching next week? We're going to do Seven Beauties by Lena Vermeule, and I believe she's... And why is she important? She's important because she was the first female nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards. Mm. Uh, others, including myself, uh, had long thought it was Jane Campion for The Piano, which I think was the early 90s. But no, it was... Did she win? Did, did Jane Campion win? No, Steven Spielberg won for Schindler's List that year. The first woman to win was Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. That's right. Yeah, she was the first one to win, which is just insane. Not till 2000. What What was that? 2009? That's dark. That's very dark. Yeah, it's like 2009 or 2010 when Catherine Bigelow won for The Hurt Locker. First time a woman won Best Director. It's so annoying with the Academy Awards. I know I've gone off about them before, but it's like, they'll be like, why aren't you nominating more women? And it's like, we're just nominating the good movies. And it's like this horrible circle where it's like, well, the reason women don't get to make more movies is because no one they're not winning you know it's like this weird circle yes where it's, it's like, like a self-fulfilling was, prophecy i don't know if that's the right yeah. term but yeah i know what you mean yes so it's like one side has to give and i just think the academy they're doing better this year with some more diversity 
rules, but even that they has need to do a better job of highlighting because, like, still white middle America will watch the Academy Awards. Yes, yeah. you know, and you know, it's Anyways. almost not even really. It's more so that the studios. Yeah, it's a studio. It's like the Academy is just kind of working what they're given with. I mean, they're really to be fair to the Academy, which they don't need to be fair to. But um, yeah, there's just people. Just women need to be given more opportunities. Period. So. Um, anyways, so anyways, Lena Vermeula, Lena Vermeula, Seven Beauties. She also did a movie called Swept Away, which was infamously remade um, by Guy Ritchie when he was married to Madonna, and Madonna was in the. And everyone loves that and, movie, right? <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's in the same vein as Geely, as universally. I think that did win a Razzie. Yeah, I think or it was did. at least nominated. she might have won a Razzie. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, it's an Italian movie, I believe. Her name sounds very mm. German, but I guess she's Italian. Yeah, it's very German. Yeah. So, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it, Patrick. I haven't seen this movie, and that's always fun. Yeah. Hopefully, we can find. Hopefully, we don't have another killer of sheep situation on our hands. Oh, how embarrassing would that be, Patrick? <laughs> Are you secretly hoping that happens? <laughs> no, that was embarrassing, <laughs> and I didn't really want to talk about the my brother's wedding. It was a fine movie, but. It didn't have the cultural. I fucked up on that oh, one. I still okay. feel bad. It's about okay. It. it is our lowest rated episode, but that's okay. <laughs> it is. I know. I decided <laughs> to be. Uh, okay. So thank you for listening to Fart House. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fart House Podcast on Instagram at Fart House Pod on Twitter. Follow me on Letterboxd at Casey Lee O'Brien. Follow Patrick at Letterboxd at PR Mallon. Mm-hmm. Start the convo. You can follow us. We'll follow you back. If you follow us and you're like, hey, I'm a fart head, I'll follow you right back. I don't actually think you can message in the Letterboxd app in that way, but... You can't You can't DM. No, you can't slide into DMs That's probably in good. That's probably why women enjoy it. It's probably very healthy. It's one of the more healthier yeah, social media truly. platforms as we've discussed. Um, Patrick, we Although, to, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say one, one feature that I'd really like to see on Letterboxd is the ability to tag... People mm. like to to at someone. Yeah, I could see that. I think that would actually be very convenient for certain things. Patrick's all over my goddamn letterbox. He's commenting <laughs> on every review I put up, and I love it. I love the. Uh, I think uh, it's fun. I love when I, people engage with I me. I do too. I like the engagement. I I, enjoy I have it. this. Um, you know, so I'm doing my Hooptober, and uh, so some. So I, I got some new followers. I think from that, and nice. uh, I have this one person. I'm sure is a very fine person, um, named Gary. Um, I don't I don't know who Gary is, but Gary likes every single one of my reviews, like within minutes of me <laughs> posting them. I don't know who this person is. It, it doesn't matter what movie I watch, what rating I give. <laughs> Gary's the first like every time. Patrick, I got some news for you. What? I'm Gary. <laughs> I actually part of me thought Gary was my cousin Matt fucking. With oh my me. god. <laughs> Which uh, I know you hate when I bring up my cousins. I have one small thing here. I do hate your cousins. Go on. You do hate Nick Casey. Famously hates my cousins. And what's ironic is my cousins love Casey. No, I him. love those boys. I miss them. I just am giving you a hard time. But because um, they're damn Matt had a good idea. This podcast. Go on. Uh, a, a mini sponsorship package. Um, not for East Nashville Woodworking, but I wish the listeners could see Casey's face. What's that? <laughs> a seizure <laughs> what Matt said is what we could do is you know we could offer up we could say you know if someone wants to send us some beer money we could say this episode presented by so and so because they sent us some beer money 
If someone Not wants a bad to just idea. Ven- let's take we could uh yeah, let's take this so off. So if you want to Venmo me and no, or we should Case. set up a we should set up an account maybe for this mm. somehow. Let's a take this off account. offline. We'll take this offline, but we will be exploring ways for you to sponsor an episode <laughs> of Fart House. Yes. I mean, we, cool. do, we sincerely, we do put a lot of work into this show every <laughs> week. And Casey, especially. Casey, oh, I, 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 I'm going to get emotional here, dude. I, what you do. Don't. But, <laughs> but really, you put a lot of work in. We both do. We're both here. We just talked about this dumb movie for two hours. Patrick, <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. This is out of control. Okay. So follow okay. us on Letterboxd <laughs> and uh, say hi to us uh, and uh, tell a friend. Please tell a friend. Yes, Anyone yes, listening. yes. Tell friends. Yes. So uh, happy November, everybody. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Bye, Bye Patrick. Bye, Case. Patas. 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 Patas.